0: This is the weekly Parsha Shior with Rabbi Chaim Bravender of Atir and WebYeshiva.org, recorded live in Jerusalem at Beit Knesset Haramban. Visit www.webyeshiva.org for live interactive online Shiorim today. We're learning the parish of Yitro. Yitro. You know, we said that, I've said in the past, that it's interesting that the Parsha, uh, of Matan Torah, the parashah of Aseret Debrot, is called Yitro. You know, why would it, should it be called Moshe Rabbeinu? Well, it wouldn't be that hard to call it, even if you say that the parashiyot are called after the first important word in the parashah, it is nevertheless true that in the first pasuk of Yitro, it says, V'ishmai Yitro Midyan, Chotein Moshe. It could have said, V'ayishma Chotein Moshe, Yitro. And then Moshe would have come before Yitro and we would call the parasha Moshe. So that, uh, that's what the Chassidim say. The Chassidim say that, uh, you see, there's something here, there's some mystery here that Yitro is the name of the parasha of Matan Torah and not Moshe Rabbeinu. Even though he appears in the first pasuk right after Yitro, so you would think that uh, this would be that this would be an option, but in fact it's not. So maybe we'll try to explain that as we go along. In the first in Parak Yitchet, in Parak Yitchet, you have the story of Yitro's arrival, and interestingly enough, he's leaving. The Machane of Israel. The first pasuk in the parak says, "Vaishma Yitro, Kohain Midyan, Chotein Moshe. Yitro, Kohain Midyan, Chotein Moshe." Uh, that's who he was. Et Kol Asher Asa Elokim LeMoshe UliIsrael Amol Ki Otsia Hashem Et Israel MiVitzray. So the pasuk says, "Vaishma." And then it says, We'll see what that means. So Yitro came, with his daughter and her sons to the camp of Bnei Yisrael, Har Elokim. Now, we know that Har Elokim is Har Sinai, because when they left Mitzrayim, that's where they were going. They were going to Har Sinai, so they met up at Har Sinai. Rayomer El Moshe. I would imagine that Moshe knew who they were, but he says it anyway, maybe this is kind of a formal introduction. He told him he told him all everything that happened. Yitro came, Yitro heard, Yitro came, Yitro discussed with Moshe Rabbeinu what had happened. I guess meaning, he heard some things, but he discussed with Moshe Rabbeinu everything. Everything that happened to B'nai Yisrael. So, if I was reading these psukim, if I was reading these psukim, I say, what did Yitro hear? He heard about Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. <laughs> he heard about something. Some things in Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. What did Moshe Rabbeinu tell him? Moshe Rabbeinu told him many things about Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu was there. He had a lot more information. This parasha ends, the last pasuk in this parasha, the end of the peric, the end of the peric yudchet is that Yitro left. He went back to wherever he came from. And this is kind of an elliptical statement, this last statement in the peric. We don't understand why he left, and we don't know where he went, and we don't understand, um, we don't understand, uh, the kind of the larger picture. Who is Yidro? Why did he come? Why did he leave? What was he doing there? So Rashi helps us out at a few points. And this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to learn this peric with a little bit more care in the eyes of Rashi. Rashi says in Pasuk Aleph, Rashi says, Shama uba." What was it exactly that Yitro heard? So we said, if you read the Pasuk, that Yitro probably heard, generally speaking, that there was Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. Mashmu'ah, what exactly did Yitro hear? So Rashi says, all this Rashi is based on Chazal, so I don't have to say that. Rashi says, Rashi says, Kriyat Yamsuf, Umilchemet Amalek. Kriyat Suf." In other words, in the Parashat B'Shalach. In the Parashat B'Shalach, first, Kriyat Yamsuf. At the end of Parashat B'Shalach, Milchemet Amalek. Now we discussed, what is Kriyat Yamsuf? What is Kriyat Yamsuf? I just want to tell you that Kriyat Yamsuf is different than any of the other Makot in Mitzrayim. Uh, the Rambam says in the Moran Nevuchim that Kriyat yam Suf is about che- that the Makot in Mitzrayim, all the Makot in Mitzrayim about changing nature, but Kriyat Yamsuf is special. Why is it special? Big change. A terrible change. But we understand today that Kriyat yam Suf was essentially different than the other Makot. Dam, what bothered the Egyptians? What bothered the Egyptians that they didn't have water to drink, that the water turned into blood? Uh, uh, Kinim. Uh, what's Kinim? <laughs> lice. What bothered the Mitzvah That there were lice every place. But Kriyat Yamsuf is different because what was the unnatural part of Kriyat Yamsuf? The fact that the water or turned into a wall. There was a wall on the right, the wall on the left. People could walk through the middle. But that's not what affected the Mitzrayim. What is it that destroyed the Mitzrayim? What destroyed the Mitzrayim? Teva. Teva? The regular. It was the regular that destroyed. It was the Egyptians. What did they do? They said, we're in on it. We're in the miracle. The Jews all went through, they went through, walked through uh, Yamsuf. we also walked through Yamsuf. Yamsuf collapsed. And then what happened to the Egyptians? They found that they were in the Yam. Being in the Yam, anybody would die. And wasn't like something special for the Egyptians. They were just in the Yam at the wrong time. They were there at the wrong time. so they were affected by... The Teva, and not by the lack of Teva. All the other miracles they are affected by the lack of Teva. So, in other words, this idea that there's magic in the world was not impressive. It didn't impress Yitro. The fact that there was Dam, day, Kinim, etc. That didn't impress Yitro. What impressed Yitro was that he understood that Teva was dominated by God. Teva was under the dominion of HaKarishborho. And since the Teva was... That was something new. That was something that they never saw before. So the first thing he heard was about Kriyat Suf, and he said, this is something new. All the other religions have magic. But only Am Yisrael was saved in Teva. The second thing that, that that he heard was... Muhammed Amalek. What was Muhammed Amalek? Also, there was a new idea, an idea that was never broached before, at least that we know of, that victory in, in a military operation can come through faith. Because if you argue that any time you go to war, you have to somehow marshal the energy of heaven, to accompany the energy of earth that's done that's done through faith i mean it's, for example you know we have a, a, a kind of a different reality very often the people in our world right like in israel today did not israel the people who fight and the people who govern are different people they're not always sometimes they are the same people but very often they're different people and that's not the model of Milchemet Amalek, the model of Milchemet Amalek was that the people who fight are the people who have to have faith. If the people who fight have faith, then you win. And apparently that faith has to be very powerful. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, he had to sit on the rock and hold his hands up and sort of like indicate to everybody that, uh, that that was their job. Their job was to fight, but their job was also to have faith. So, if Rashi says, Kriyat Yamsuf and Melechemet HaMolek, I interpret it this way, that what Yitro saw was something special. He didn't see that in the first ten makot. Makot HaMakot! You know, natural calamities, terrible things happen in the world. That didn't convince Yitro. What convinced Yitro was an insight. So he said, Kriyat Yamsuf had an insight to it, and Milchemet Amalek also had an insight to it. Then Rashi says, Rashi says, Yitro, you see the second line in the Rashi? Sheva, Shemot, and Mikru'ulo. yeta, Yitro, Chavav, Ke'ni, Puti'el. Now it doesn't matter to me, at the moment, why Yitro had all of these names. But you have to admit, that someone who has seven names, is less than a perfectly clear personality. And that's what Rashi, Rashi is saying. Rashi is telling us that it's not that Yitro came to some kind of a, an awareness of who he was and what the world was about. No, no, Rashi says. Yitro was a complex personality. And therefore he had different names at different times for different occasions. Sometimes the names represented his devotion... And sometimes other things. For example, he says, "Yeter al shebshi yitei parasha achas, but Torah this parasha, the parasha says that they brought the to him. Yet yetrok she netgayev akiyem mi'srotos even lo otachat al shemo." So he was an understander as a non-Jew, and then he became a Gair. He he became he became a Jew. Chovavu Medinei Chovav, Chotein Moshe. Rashi doesn't explain all of the different, all of the different meanings of the names, but these names all stuck with him. It. It's not like Avraham. Right? Avraham, when he became Abraham, he was no longer Avraham. He was never called Avraham again. He was more like Yaakov. Yaakov was Israel. sometimes called Yaakov, Suddenly, so called Yisrael. So, even though I don't know exactly what the names mean, I mean, I could take a stab at it. Now's not the time, but you take a stab at what Yaakov is, what Israel is. But in the Torah, in the Torah, unlike Avram who became Abraham, Yaakov became Yisrael, but he remained Yaakov. That he was sometimes Yaakov, he was sometimes Yisrael. That was something that that didn't that didn't change. <coughs> so now. So Yitro took Zipporah and he took her sons named Eliezer, Gershon and Eliezer. Right, that's pasuk. That's the end of pasuk. Hey, Rashi says Elamidbar pasuk. Hey. We know that they were in the desert. What's the most important word in the Rashi? <laughs> What's the most important word in the Rashi? Alright, well, anything, anything you say is probably correct. I think that the most important word that Rashi is, Tohu. What does the word Tohu mean? What does the word Tohu mean? What? It's before creation. It's like a mess before creation, and that's what Tohu is, Tohu I don't have to know exactly what Tohu Vavo is. Someday, you know, when I have an occasion, I'll go to Franz and I'll ask him why he translated the way he translated. But, Tohu is what there was before the world was created. And what was the creation of the world? It was order. Right? There was order. There was Vayavdel. There were days. There were names. That's what anti-Tohu is. So, when does the history of the world begin? Oh, it begins in shit, Tohu. When's the next Tohu? When's the next Tohu in the world? After the, When the Marble covers everything, right? What is a Marble? I don't mean what is it? What what do you see when there's a mabul, a lack of order? You can't distinguish between the land and the you know the dry land and the sea. It becomes indistinguishable. So indistinguishable. That's ha-tohu Vuru That's tohu. Tohu. The mabul was tohu before Mata and Torah. Before Mata and Torah, there was Tohu. They were out in the middle of the desert. The desert, Pirkei de says that the desert is the uncreated part of the world. It's a place where you can't live. Uh, today, we can do everything. But there was a time that living in the desert was very difficult. That's why you may have noticed the be- Bedouins live in tents. Tents? Because it would be uh, uh, unreasonable for them to build houses. Because if you build a house and then you have to move to the next patch of land where you can feed your sheep or something, so it's, it's not efficient. But to live in tents, that is efficient. You live in a tent, you fold up your tent and steal away. That makes sense. That's the life of Tohu. The life of so that the 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 uh, 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 we all know it says in Bereishit, right? Vay voka yom ha. Shishi, vai voker, ha, shishi, no, and the hay is big. For those of you who look in a sefer Torah, or even if you look in a in a printed Tanakh, the printed Tanakh also prints the hay big. ha, shishi. What's yom ha, shishi? So Rashi says the sixth day of of Sivan. In other words, when did the world really start? When did the world cease out? When the Torah was given. Why, did it, why is the Torah called the beginning of the world? Because the Torah is that which orders things. It tells you what it's going to do in the morning, what it's to do in the afternoon, what is to do on Pesach, on Sukkot, Shavuot. That's Torah. That's Torah. So that's an anti-Tohu statement. Just like in bereshit, Bereshi, Anti-Tohu is Vayavdel, Vayats, Vayikra, all those words, all those words are anti-Torah, they're about anti-Tohu, they're about order. This is here, and that's there. That's called order. So Rashi says, Rashi says, El Hamidvar, right? In other words, Yitro recognized the fact that the world needed a new beginning. That it was, it could not go on in this kind of of tohu the torah. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu came. And what's the rei torah? The rei torah is seder, is order. I mean, the Maharal talks about this a lot. But even without uh, uh, going into the Maharal so carefully, it makes sense. You know, sometimes the Maharal takes a little bit out of reason, but this makes sense that that there's a lack of order. And creation itself, even though, even though, uh, uh, we don't understand creation. I mean, I, I think you would, you'd admit that, but it says, and God said, let there be light. You know, okay. It's not exactly that. Akkadish Baruch said to somebody, look, turn on the switch and let there be a little light. So, basically, we don't understand that. But the things we don't understand are put into a seven-day context. First there was this. Then there was that. This idea that the world was ordered by God. That there's, a, that there's an order and a relationship between things. That's the anti-Tohu. And that anti-Tohu came again after the flood when Noah was commanded. When Noah was commanded. What was the mitzvah, The first mitzvah that Noah received? Puruvu. Right? it was the first mitzvah that Marisham received. Puravu. In other words, we have an obligation. We have an obligation. That's what God said to Noach, to keep the world going. Because had he not said that, had he not said that, then Noach would have had, I mean, of course, then there was a covenant, but Noach would not have known that the new enterprise had any chance of lasting. That he could, like, it's going to work. Because if it didn't work the first time, why should it work the second time? There was no uh nothing happened. Noach was not a superior person in that sense. He may have been superior to the others, but he wasn't so superior that it was worth it for God to keep the world going just for just for Noah. Unless Noach accepted the responsibility. So Aqarish Moh sent him, Purvoo, that's your responsibility. Okay, so now we're up to Pasuk Zion. Pasuk Zion says, Pasuk Zion, (laughs) Ola is one of those words in Hebrew which is accented on the (laughs) pre-anti-penultimate syllable. syllable. (laughs) Those of you who want to be ballet like Korea, you have to know that. I mean, you have to. No one will correct you. <laughs> but it's the right way. It's the, it's the right way or the wrong way. The right way seems to be a uh, O'ala. Oh, well, no. And not a uh, oh, hell oh, or something like that. All right. So there's Moshe and and, and uh, Yisrael have this very close relationship Rashi says, mi mi." I don't know who's bowing to who, Yitro to Moshe or Moshe to Yitro. Kishu omer ish lerei elu miyakori ish. Is that Moshe? Shnei mava ish Moshe. So perhaps ish lerei elu. I guess Moshe was bowing down to Yitro. All right, that's something we might come back to. We might come back to pasuk. Pesuk Tet, right? Pesuk Tet is an interesting Pesuk Vaychad Yitzhro Al kol ha-tabra she'asah Shev li Yisrael asher etzi lo Mitzrayim Pesuk Tet or How am I going to do this? Okay, this is how I'll do it. What? I skip Chet I skip Chet Chet Vaysepev o'shel Av that's not a good person to skip. So that even though we know that according to Rashi, so that even though according to Rashi, so that even though we know that to tell so that even details. we know that Rashi says Rashi what, what does Rashi say? R- R- Rashi says there's no it, it was like if Moshe Rabbeinu himself had to choose between him learning Torah and talking to Yitro what should he do? <coughs> he should learn Torah what is he telling Yitro stories for? there's only one Excuse for idle talk. Right? Right? He says, what excuse for idle talk? What's the one excuse to him? He knew that Yitro was a client. And if he would talk to him, then maybe he would become one of us. Right? In other words, Yitro heard about Kriyat Yam Suf and Muhammad Amalek. But Moshe Rabbeinu tells him, how difficult it was, how tense it was, how much, how, uh, how much he had to work on getting the Jews to go. You remember, Lamed Aleph, You know that, uh, this is about what we call a The sold is what we call a shoresh. And he's saying that this letter is part of the shoresh so and that letter is not. This is like a famous Rashi so Yitra heard these stories. By had Yitro, he was happy. Vizel That's the simple understanding of the pasuk. Umedrasho. I guess medrasho means not pshat. That's what when you say this pshat and this medrash, so it means that pshat is what the words say. Medrash is the way Chachamim understood it. It's not Pshat. But what if it's make? I mean, it's the way Chachamim understood it. And the what they understand, that Vayichad comes from the word, Naseh B'Saro, Chidudim, Chidudim. Chidudim, Chidudim are like goosebumps. Whatever that is. Meitzar al-Ibud Mitzrayim. He was despondent on the loss of Mitzrayim. Hainu giyura lo ba'ape. Now as you say, even a ger, somebody who comes to join Am Yisrael, it takes ten generations until they really dissociate themselves from their past. So here's here is uh, Vitro. So he's a combinatory personality according to this pasuk. He heard the story of the, Egypt, of the Jewish victory over the Egyptians. Right? So he should have been happy because the Jews were right and they should have been victorious. And in fact, he was happy. He was happy. But he was also unhappy because he bemoaned the fact that all of those Egyptians were killed. Now, this theme, this theme also exists in the Chazal. Chazal say, that HaKadosh Vahul said, MaSei Yadai Tovim Bayam There's always this, um, there's always this conflict on the larger level between the joy of victory and the pain of victory. Victory is never an obvious and one-sided thing, you could say. One could say that victory is always painful because the residue of the victory amongst the vanquished doesn't disappear so easily. In, In other words, even though I'm victorious, I know that I have a problem. Like, being victorious is not without its problems. Yitro, Yitro, who identified with Am Yisrael in a ideological way, was nevertheless in pain that the Egyptians were destroyed. That's what the Pasuk said. So, according to Rashi, the reason that the Torah uses this odd word, Vayichad, which is sort of a derivative of chedva, nice and happy. The reason that this, that the Torah uses this unpopular word, is to hide this double meaning that Yitro had, and and uh, that uh, that is uh, an important thing. The second half of that pasuk pasuk tet pasuk tet says. So now if I asked you what the Tova was or what the Kola Tovah was, you might say, you might say, "Kriyat and Nochemet Amalek. That was great Tovah, but what does Rashi say? Rashi says, Al ha-tova tovat Tovah V'ha beer v'ha torah ha man ha be'er torah So, okay, man and be'er, we know what man and be'er is. But what is Torah? What is Torah? Does that mean they've already received the Torah? Is that what Rashi means? Does it mean that the Torah is that they are going to receive the Torah? Does it mean that, as Chazal said in the of Bishalach, that sham sam lo chok nisahu means, what does that mean? That sham sam lo, that HaKadosh Baruch gave them certain mitzvot in advance of Matan Torah, which is already, you know, this is like a regular idea. In order to receive the Torah, you have to have to received the Torah previously. That's a good idea. What is the idea? The, um, the Mara says in several places, the Mao says that a person has to be a cliquey bull for an idea. You have to be res- receptive to a certain idea. So if somebody comes into the room and says, oh, I just had this great idea about sub-nuclear particles in physics, who goes into this room. So there are two kinds of people sitting here. One is the people who know what sub-nuclear particles are, and the other who don't. So for the people who don't know what sub-nuclear particles are, what difference is it like what the person says is a Kiddush? They don't they, they know what they're talking about. Only the people who know what you're talking about know what you're talking about. So the Maharal said that in order to be Torah to accept the Torah, you have to have accepted The Torah. In other you have to have formed yourself into the kind of person who can accept the Torah, the idea that God is giving the Torah. So, Sam lol chotum mishvam Rashi says that HaKadosh Baruch gave B'nai Yisrael a couple of mitzvot so that he could get the idea. One mitzvah was Shabbat, they gave, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave B'nai Yisrael, and the other mitzvah, there were three that Rashi mentions, but two are are also in Chazal, in different places. One is Shabbat, and the other is Dinim. Dinim meaning the rules of courts, of the court system. The third one, which appears in some sources and not in others, is Kibbutz Avraim. But the idea of it is that in order to stay in the high Sinai and to to be able to accept the Torah, you have to also have received the Torah. You have to receive it time Why should I keep it over aim? is in the Aseret of the Brot, And Shabbat is in the Aseret of the Brot. And that's what they receive, the Aseret of the So in other words, it's like a preview. It's like a preview. You know, it's like you see... <coughs> you see a preview. Then when it actually happens, you're ready to, to do it. You can accept it. So... Again, I'm trying to tell you what Rashi means when he said Torah. I don't really know, but there are several possibilities. Al-Kol Tova. You see Rashi, Kol HaTovah, at the end of Tovat ha-man va-be'er torah So the man is what they ate and the bear is what they drunk, and that's Tovah. But then there's Torah. The Torah was already given to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu to give to Bnei Yisrael before Martin Torah. Sham Sam Lo Mishpat Sham That the Torah preceded the Torah, and the reason the Torah preceded the Torah was that B'nai Yisrael should make themselves ready to accept more. Just like they can accept a little, they can accept more. That's the idea. That's the idea that the Maharal, uh presents us us with. Okay, now if we go back to the beginning, the first pasuk, Hazal say in the Gemara in uh, the Gemara, just one second. There's an interesting Machloket in the Gemara. The Gemara Da Zerachim, Dav Kruf Ket Zayin Amud Aleph. There's a Machloket Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Lozor, About when did Yitro come to the Machane? Did he come before Matan Teru? Did he come after Matan Teru? So if you look at Pasuk Yud Bet, well, I'll, I'll just look at this uh, quickly. Vayom Yitro, Baruch Hashem, Asher Yitzir, Yad Mitzrayim, That's Pasuk Yud. Um Yad Paro, Asher Yitzir, Ta Amitach Yad Mitzrayim. All this conversation seems to have taken place when uh, Yutro came to the camp, and it would seem that he came to the camp before full modern Torah, because that's where it appears in the Chumash. First there is Perek Yud Chet, then there is Perek Yud Chet, the Perek Kap is the, the Perek of that they broke. Pesuk Yud Aleph. Atai yadati ki gadol Hashem vikol ha'alokim ki badavar Hashem zadu alihem. Pesuk Yud Bet, vaykach Yitro chotein Moshe ola zvachim, Le'elukim. Le'avu aharon, because the day Yisrael le'chol lechem le'chotein Moshe le'fnei ha'elukim. So Yitro, sacrificed. The names of the sacrifices, Ola and Zvachim. Ola and Zvachim. Rashi says in Pasuk Yud'alif, Pasuk Bet, Ola. Ki mashmaa. Shihio la kalil, meaning that the entire sacrifice is burnt. Shlam mizvachim are like shlamim, part are burnt and part are eaten. Vayavo Aaron, the pasuk says, Moshe hechanalach. What happened Alayhu Moshe? Aleihu shir yatzal likratov v'geravlo et kol hakavod. Ela shaya omed u'mishamesh lifneihem. Moshe Abenu served them. Lifnei ha Elohim. You see, the pasuk ends. Mechol lechem and Moshe. Lifnei ha Elokim. Lifnei Elokim means bikan. Sha ne'eneh misuda. Shetalmidei chachamim misubin ba. Kilo ne'eneh means ziv ha shchina. So this is Rashi's way of telling us that the pasuk is difficult. Why would it say lifnei Elokim? Of course, it's lifnei Elokim. Okay, one more Pasuk and we will see the the problem. Pasuk Yud Gimel says, Vahimi Moharat. mi Moharat means on the next day. Right? Vahimi Moharat. Vah Yeshev Moshe lishpote ta'am. And Moshe Rabbeinu sat in order to judge the nation. Vay-yamod ha'am al Moshe min haboke ad ha'areb. And Moshe Rabbeinu did this job of judging the people all day. There are lines that never ended. Lines that never ended. Those of you who've been to a Beit Din in Israel know that that's not how it is in Israel. The line, there may be a line, but there's not necessarily any dayanim in the room. What does Rashi say? What does Rashi say? Rahim and Moharat. You see the Rashi. פסוק ידגימו, מוצאי יום הכיפורים היה, כח שנינו בספרי, ומהו ממחרת לי, מחרת לי לתו מנהר, ועל כל כך, אי אפשר לומר למחרת יום הכיפורים, שהרי קודם מתן תורה, אי אפשר לומר, ועודתי ומי שניתנה תורה יום הכיפורים, לא משה לשפוט את העם. Sharayb bi 7ibasa bitamuz ya rad Allah bashkama bi sha' 80 yawm bi parasha zo ktuba ke sayder will come back to it in a minute according to rashi this pasuk that says bi himi maharat the day after the day after what according to the hobes the day after yetro came and they had this suuda and they're all lovey-dovey, kissing each other and talking about how great God is and giving thanks. After, the next day was Motsa'e Yom Kippurim. Now, if I say that day was Motsa'e Yom Kippurim, what does that mean? That, what? No, it means that when was Matan Torah? What was the date of Matan Torah? Sivan. Right, Rav Sivan. After Matantorah, that day of Matantorah, which is the day of, uh, of Theophany, right? God, God appears on the mountain, Vav Sivan. After that, Moshe Rabbeinu went up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights to receive the Torah. He received the Aserot, that they broke. When did he come down? Well, It works out. He came down and Shiroz of Atomos. what did Moshe Rabbeinu find in the in the camp, Egel Azahav. how long did it take, how long did it take to clean up the mess, So the mess of the Egel Azahav. how long did it take for Moshe to clean up the Egel Azahav? another 40 days, then Moshe Aben was commanded by kurdish boss to go up on the mountain, again, to get the second new chotah, that took another 40 days, and then Moshe Rabbeinu came down on the mountain. What day did he come down on the mountain? What? It was Yom Kippur When Moshe Rabbeinu came down to the mountain, he gave the Torah to B'nai Yisrael. What was the first thing that Moshe Rabbeinu gave to B'nai Yisrael? The Mishkan. First thing that Moshe Rabbeinu told B'nai Yisrael that they had to do was the Mishkan. But if the Torah says that Moshe Rabbeinu sat and judged B'nai Yisrael, judged al Pihat <coughs> When is the earliest that that could have taken place according to the Rashi we just learned? It also makes sense. What's the earliest that could have taken place? What? Right, right after Yom Kippurim. So that... What? Could the from the... Also could not, could not take place before after Yom Kippurim? Cholgu Mishpat means they had the Torah. But they didn't have the Torah until after Yom Kippurim. Moshe Rabbeinu went out for 40 days the first 40 days and learned the Torah and then he came down he broke the Luchot and then he had to fight the little war with the people who made uh, the Egel Azahav. then he went to pray for uh, for the for redemption of Am Yisrael so there was no Chokum Mishpat it can't be that during that time That's it can't be that during that time he was also judging the people and then he went up on Harsinai for another 40 days he couldn't have been judging the people then so if there was Chokum Mishpat when did that start? When did Moshe Rabbeinu start judging B'nai Yisrael? After Yom HaKippurim. After Yom HaKippurim. And if that's true, that it happened after Yom HaKippurim, and if you would extend this idea to Olaim Zavachim, in what way? How we extend the idea to Olaim Zavachim? Right. In other words, there's no Olaim until i tell you, Yom HaKippurim give you vachim Zvachim Ola you can't just give it Ola Zvachim you have to go according to the rules but there are no rules when were the rules instituted after Yom HaKippurim so if Yitro if Yitro gave Olah Zvachim in thanks it must have been after Yom HaKippurim if Moshe Rabbeinu sat and judged Am Yisrael it must have been after Yom HaKippurim and so we have come up with the most interesting and confusing aspects of Yitro. And that appears in the Gemara and Sivvach Kupta Kuvta Zayn And the Gemara says, when did Yitro actually come? Did he come before Matantara? By Matantara I mean, what is, when is Matantara? Vav <laughs> Sivan or they come right before it was possible to keep the Torah, which was after Yom HaKippurim of that year. So, Vaishma Yitro, Vaishma Yitro, he heard about Kriyat Yom Suvamu Hamlet and he would have come, but it took him time. The Ramban explains he has some kind of a complicated way of 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 explaining why it took the Yitro as long as it possibly did, but either Yitro came before Matan Torah, which is the order of things in the Torah, or Yitro came after Matan Torah, before Yom HaKippurim, when Moshe Rabbeinu was about to sit down and judge the people, and Yitro came up with his great idea, which was that you should have a court system and that Moshe Rabbeinu should not judge the people on their own on his own, but there should be there should be a court system. But now, but he, I mean that's why he came. En-oh-inam? That the Torah was already there, was already given. The Torah was already given, En-oh-inam? After. question, I think, was why should not it be after Kol Kibshvat that he said not judged the people? If he was given Dinim, Shabbos can't That's enough to judge the people. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's a question. If it's true about Shabbos Ablo maybe the judgment started back there, and we have another proof to say that Yitro came before Mount Toreh of Vav Sibah. But I want to tell you what this is all connected to it's all connected to Gemara in the beginning of Psachim. the Gemara in the beginning of Psachim says this if you look at the first Pasuk in Bamidbar, in the book of Bamidbar, it says that the story of Bamidbar started the Chodesh HaShini the Chodesh Iyar if you look at Perik Tet in Bamidbar, which is the Perik that tells you about Pesach Sheini remember Pesach Sheini if you weren't able to do, to give a Korban Pesach at the proper time, because you were suffering from some sort of Tumah. So people came to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, what are we to do? And he told them Pesach Sheni, that next month they would be able to do it. After they became uh, Tahor, they'll be able to give the Korban Pesach a month late. That's what Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu said. So it turns out That in the book of Bamidbar Ein mukdam umuchar batorah. Which means that the first parak of Bamidbar was Ba Chodesh And the ninth parak of Bamidbar was Ba Chodesh HaRishon. So clearly, Ein mukdam umuchar batorah. Now the question was, amongst the Rishonim, is this a Principle of interpretation that could be impli- applied generously wherever you want to apply it, or, or was it only in those cases where the Torah clearly indicates that there's ein mutah mutcha b'torah? So the should have the, the divide up according to Rashi. According to Rashi, you could always say ein mutah just like the Torah generally writes in a chronological way, it could also write in a non-chronological way. It didn't care. Even though the general outright is, Avraham comes before Yitzchak, Yitzchak comes before Yaakov, Yaakov comes before Yosef, that's, Yosef comes before that's generally true. But it could be that there are variations. And Rashi says, The interesting thing is that Rashi never explains why. Never. In other words, for Rashi, Ein Mugdam Muchab not a big deal. The Ramban doesn't like Ein muktam or HaTorah. So here you have, because of what I said, according to Rashi, Rashi is not bothered by the fact that it says, Rai Yitro, and that Yitro came and he met up with Moshe Rabbeinu, and it looks like Yitro came before Matan Torah. Whereas Rashi says, Vayim and means the day of the Yom Kippur, it doesn't matter to Rashi, that now it turns out that Vayishmai Yichro is, is, after, after Matan Torah. It doesn't matter. The Ramban, however, even though he has a lengthy discussion on the topic, and the Ramban says he understands that somebody could say, Ein Mokdam wa He insists that that is not the case. Now, what's the difference? What's the difference? You know, in Hasidus, they say, somebody said, well, I didn't, I didn't put down any Hasidus. In Hasidus, they say, Rabbi Nachman also said, but he wasn't the only one. Rabbi Nachman said that Yitro came to Matan Torah representing the people of the world. Because even though the Medrash says, that HaKadosh Baruch went from nation to nation and offered the Torah to all of them. And one said, but, you know, they said, what's in the Torah was, well, Hashem said, don't steal, don't kill, uh, you know, etc. So the nations all felt that this would be too difficult, be too difficult for them to live up to the standard of the Torah, and only Am Yisrael was willing to, to give it a go. So, on your what? A on your head. Not, <laughs> that's a different part of the story. This is before the mountain was on their head. But the, the, uh, um, so the nations of the world refused the Torah. Nevertheless, you know that the Rambam at the end of Hilchot Malachim, the Rambam at the end of Hilchot Malachim says that in some way, this is before Lubavitch, in some way we are all missionaries to the world. It's important for us to uh, to affect the world in a positive way, because we have the Torah, which is a guide, and so we should affect the use the guide to affect the world in a positive way. In fact, the Rambam goes so far as to say that Christianity and Islam are an indication of our success. Uh, he, not that we're so happy with uh, Islam and Christianity, but there's no doubt that Islam and Christianity brought into the world and spread around the world, for example, monotheism. It's not, you know, Jews didn't affect all those uh, Africans to become Christians and believe in God. I mean, they were idolaters. They still are. But they believe in God. Now, we didn't do that. The Christians did it. The Ravnam gives you the impression that Christianity and Islam... Are subcontractors for us. Like we're too busy. We're busy with the Gemara, trying to figure out what Tosot means, trying to figure out what the Parsha means, trying to cook Kneidlach and gefilter fish. Where are they going to go and do missionary work on that? We can't do. I told Chabad they're like the new, the new Jews. They can do it, but they're up to now. I mean, we're, what could we do? We couldn't go around missionarizing the world. Just couldn't do that. So the Christians and the Muslims did it for us. And therefore, this tremendous success that we have had in convincing the world that they should be, the world should be monotheistic, is something that that belongs to us. We get all the credit. The Ramam wrote this at the end of Hilchot Melachim, and the printers realized that they should take it out. that because the centers in Europe were Christians, they weren't sure that the Christians would enjoy the fact that the Rambam thought that they were subcontractors for us. So they took it out. And only in Eretz Israel, in the recent publications of the Rambam, was it put back in. For these, these exorcised halachot were put back in the Rambam. So now anybody, anybody can see them. That's the end of halachot, the end of halachot So, Yitro, according to Chassidut, according to Chassidut, Yitro represents um, the recovery of the nations. Even though at the time of Matan Torah, the nations all rejected the idea of this kind of discipline, nevertheless, Yitro represented the future, that the Yitros will, he was there, he was there representing nations of the world. You know, the Chazal say that Yitro knew all the religions, and he was very knowledgeable and very understanding, and therefore, in some way, Yitro represented the future, what was going to be. So on that basis, you have to say, you have to say that Yitro came before Matan right? Before Matan meaning before the sixth day of Siva. That's the representative Yitro. That's the Yitro who represents the future, the world, everybody. But there's Yitro the individual. Yitro the individual, it took him time to absorb what had happened. Right? To go from the 49 days between, well, the 45 days, or four days between Kriyat Yam Suf and Makanto Torah. It wasn't enough time for him as an individual to be part of Matan Torah. But it took him time to absorb because he missed the Shem Sumlo Chokhu Mishpat Vashem Nisar. He wasn't part of Am Yisrael at that time. So he needed some other way of absorbing the discipline in the Torah. And for him, for him, the individual, Matan Torah started. Started when? Motzah Yom HaKippurim. So Yitro, not only did he have different names, and not only was he different personalities, but he represented the nations of the world on the one hand, and he was himself on the other hand. As a representative of the nations of the world, he was there at Har Sinai. Somehow, he was there. But as an individual, it wasn't enough time. He didn't get enough advanced information and therefore Yitro had, had to also uh, uh, start at Moharat the day after Yom HaKippurim, when it became possible for him to, uh, to be part of the process, to learn about the, the Chukim and the Mishpatim. Have a good Shabbat.